What is going on everybody? It is the Big Breakdown with Jose Ledesma and tonight on this beautiful night we are going to discuss kind of briefly, not a little bit in the middle, not too long, not too short, uh, about the John Gruden situation that just happened last night on Monday Night Football. Got announced that he was quote unquote, he resigned even though it's more of a firing uh, by uh, Mark Davis, the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders. So I just want to discuss this. I think this whole situation is, is kind of crazy how it kind of just all unraveled. Um, it was a very slow process to begin with, and then it kind of just completely unraveled itself um, very quickly and very abruptly, especially with the, the, the sudden firing of John Gruden last night. Um, that was announced by Adam Scheffner and, uh, and Ian Rappaport over on ES, uh, NFL Network slash ESPN. Um, I, I was really shocked, just like a lot of people I would imagine were shocked by this announcement. But um, yeah, let's, let's get into the details. So originally, uh, I don't remember the gentleman's name, but there was one email that started it all about an a, a African-American male that works for ESPN. Um, and 10 years ago, back when John Gruden was doing ESPN Monday night, um, there was an uh, email sent to this individual. Um, I'm sorry, he works for the NFL, not ESPN. Um, about, uh, I guess, uh, racial slurs and talking about um, his big nose and whatnot. Um, so uh, that's obviously not, not cool at all. And he came out, John Gruden, that is, and apologized about the situation, which, you know, is what you would expect in today's day and age once it got leaked out and whatnot. Um, and then right before the game on Monday night, an hour or two before the game, there was more emails that the NFL had found and they let Mark Davis know about it. And then Mark Davis immediately went to the Raiders uh, uh, building, practice facility building, uh, office, whatever you want to call it, and basically fired John Gruden on the spot. Um, so now that and, and before I I, uh, I, I finished my my de giving the details, um, the other emails that the NFL found were emails that were not just considered racist about like how the uh, black man that was uh, that uh, was targeted towards um, in the previous one, but it was emails that regarded uh, misogynistic comments, um, uh, transphobic comments, uh, uh, homophobic comments. Basically, uh, comments made by John Gruden in these emails that offended basically every type of group um, that you can imagine, and it's it's not called for, it's not right, it's disrespectful, um, but it's it's honestly not shocking considering that he is a guy at the age he's in, which is I believe in his sixties, um, you know, who's been around football for a long time, and, and I'm not saying all coaches, NFL people, football people are like this, but you know, there's, there's bound to be guys and, and just general people like this in general, um, in the world of sports, let alone football. And I hate this for the, for the sport itself, because, you know, it, it gives that, um, that, what is the word I'm looking for? That, um, uh, tunnel vision point of view of how football people are looked at, you know, we're all kind of looked at as, you know, the way that John Gruden, um, was looked at in these emails. They all think that all football people are like that. And, you know, a lot of us aren't, but you know, it just gives us a bad name and makes us look bad and whatnot. So that's, that's what I had to say real quick about that. But, um, now that the details are all out there, I just wanted to give my personal opinions and thoughts on the situation. 
Um, so me personally, the original email, like I already mentioned, none of what he said in any of these emails that have been leaked and announced are, are right. They, you know, they're very wrong. You know, he's, he's, that's not cool at all, basically is what I'm getting at. And I definitely don't agree with his thoughts and views on any of the emails that were said, but on the first email, I'm, I'm specifically talking about right now, the very first email that was talked about, about the African-American man, um, and, and his, and John Gruden's comments about his nose and, and, you know, just racial profiling and whatnot by John. Um, you know, when he came out originally and apologized for that, like I said, it's not cool at all, but you know, from an email that's 10 years old, you know, that's, that's kind of out there. That's kind of, you know, mean in lines with the cancel, uh, cancel culture that we have going on in today's generation day and age. So, um, I didn't think any, I didn't think that was as big of a deal. Um, as the, uh, the, uh, the other emails that came forward, which were emails that I forgot to mention that were as recent as 2018 to 2019, which was around the time he was already hired as the Raiders head coach. Um, and, and, you know, just, it's pretty more, it's a lot more recent basically is what I'm getting at, but you know, 10 year old emails originally is what I'm talking about now. Uh, you know, it's, it's bad, but it's not something that he should be fired over, you know, and that's what the thoughts around the whole NFL was. You know, people didn't matter. People that were in media that were white, black, every, everybody agreed that, you know, it's wrong. He apologized for it. Let's move forward. And that's what was starting to happen. Um, you know, things were getting moved on. Because, you know, nowadays, like I already mentioned, there's the whole cancel culture. If you have anything bad on you, you're basically out. Which, I'm at first, when the first emails is what I'm still talking about, the very first emails is, you know, they just kind of moved on from it, which was a good, which was good. You know, no one really hung on to it too much because they're 10 years old, 2011. But then when everyone thought it was over and these new emails were discovered that offended not only people of color, but, you know, people of different sexual orientations and, you know, beliefs and, you know, just, just and, and, and women and just attacking everybody along uh, and, and involved in those emails was Bruce Allen, who was a former um, uh, general manager slash vice president of the Washington football team, uh, who also had his own issues with, uh, women and, and being, um, you know, uh, very touchy feely with the female employees over at, uh, Washington DC, um, who's now no longer with the, the team, of course. Um, so I find that real interesting as well, that that guy was in those, uh, emails as well. I just wanted to throw that out there real quick. But before I continue with John Gruden, the one thing that I find very interesting about what happened to John Gruden, which is rightfully so in today's day and age, is that these owners do the same stuff, same shit, but no one's going to fire an owner. <laughs> you know, like you can force an owner to sell like with the, um, the owner from the Clippers, I forgot his name, I'm, and I'm getting annoyed that I forgot his name, but, oh, Donald Sterling, you can force an owner to sell in a bad situation, when situations get really south, like uh, Donald Sterling with the Clippers, when he owned the Clippers and was basically forced to sell, even though he made like a couple billion dollars out of it and whatnot, um, but with NFL, which is not considered a pro-athlete sport, you know, pro player type of sport like the NBA is, which is where I think the sports differ in big ways. That is, which is why I feel like you'll never see an owner be forced to sell their team or be forced to, you know, do something they don't want to do because they're the owner. 
They're worth billions of dollars. And they can do the same thing that these coaches and players and anybody else does, if not worse. But no actions will be taken against them at all. And I just wanted to throw that out there for namesake. Um, I think that's a very interesting conversation piece that we need to discuss and should probably hold these owners more accountable as well. Uh, just like we held hold these players and coaches, they get caught yearly doing things they shouldn't have been doing and they get canceled for it. And like I said, an owner is not going to necessarily get canceled, but we definitely should hold them accountable. So I just wanted to say that as well. Um, so continuing with John Gruden to be exact with these new emails came out. It, I was really shocked. Like I already said, like a lot of people were, um, considering that there was just a, a, a fury amount of them that all just kind of popped up at once that the NFL had found that were more recent. Um, you know, this, it, it's crazy because John Gruden, um, I, obviously me being a Niner fan, I hate the Raiders, but you know, when I watched John Gruden on ESPN for all those years, I was a huge fan of him. He was the only reason why I watched ESPN, to be honest, back in those days. Um, and it's crazy because with all this going on with him getting, uh, him having to quote unquote resign, even though, like I already said, let's be honest, he got fired. Um, that's just, that's just being real. Half of the time when these coaches are quote unquote resigning, they're actually getting fired. Uh, AKA Mike McCarthy when he was in Green Bay. Um, you know, tons of other examples that I'm just, oh, oh, AKA John Harbaugh. I mean, Jim Harbaugh in, in San Francisco with my 49ers in 2015, um, you know, plenty of other examples. And the, and the other messed up crazy part is, is that John Gruden, even though he's gotten fired already and most likely won't be involved in anything media or sports wise for at least a couple of years until this dies down and people, kind of just put this in the back of their mind and, and kind of forget about it, I guess, is unlike a player or uh, unlike a player that does something like this, John Gruden is still getting a hundred million dollars. And that's what I find very interesting is these coaches that get these big contracts like John Gruden was getting, he's still getting that money. Don't, don't mistake it for a second. You know, Mark Davis, there was a report that said he's trying to, um, probably find a clause to cancel it but in all reality he's still he's still gonna get that money money john gruden that is um which is just crazy that he can still get a hundred hundred million dollar check um which is why he won't have to worry about not going back into media or sports talk for even if he didn't want to for the rest of his life if for the rest of his life if people whether they forgot about it or not and he just decided not to, he could, because he's lucky enough to get a fully guaranteed contract, unlike these NFL athletes, which I get is totally different because compared to five people on a court, you got 11 on each side, plus special teamers and backups and third strings and practice squad. I, I get it. I get it. But for these bigger names in the NFL, um, which is where I'm going to next, is the salaries, I think, for these bigger names, the one percenters, you can call them, um, the T Chandler Jones, the uh, um, uh, Ryan Tannehill's, Matthew Stafford's, uh, Tom Brady's, um, Devontae Adams, like, you know, the big names, the big, big, big names. Um, I feel like those players, like those A-list players should be getting fully guaranteed contracts. You want to know there's only one player in NFL history 
throughout the whole 101 to two years that the NFL's been around, there's only been one NFL player to get a fully guaranteed contract, and he's an active player in today's league right now. This isn't something that happened 30, 40 years ago. There's a player in the league for the only first and the only time in NFL history, his contract, not once, but twice, has been fully guaranteed. You want to take a guess who that is? I'll, I'll give you five seconds. I'll get out. Do, 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 do. Do 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 do. I guess I can guarantee you won't guess it unless you're you're a fan of a certain division. Um, but if you don't know, it's Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, has not once but twice gotten a fully guaranteed contract from the Vikings. Crazy, isn't it? Guys like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, you know, name whoever you want to name, JJ Watt. You know, name them, Met, uh, uh, not Metcalf, uh, Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson. Guys have never gotten a fully guaranteed contract, but Kirk Cousins, the average at best quarterback has. Um, this 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 whole episode is basically me going over NFL's issues and problems. Um, obviously, the John Gruden is the, is the main thing I wanted to discuss first off. But overall, I wanted to discuss the problems that the NFL just has that just kind of are crazy in general. Um, that I think should be problems that we should be looking into and getting fixed. And with me saying that, I also feel like the marijuana thing is something that needs to be banned. Um, NBA just uh, announced that they're not, they're not going to do any marijuana testing for their players this year for the first time. And I think the NFL should go with that as well. Um, they should test. They should not test for marijuana is what I'm saying. Um, you can still test for steroids, you know, methamphetamines, you know, all the, all the other drugs and, and, and enhanced per, uh, performance enhancers and whatnot, but marijuana should not be on this list. People, let's be real. Marijuana is not a drug. It's a plant. You know, it can obviously be altered to be a drug and whatnot by people. Uh, but most of the time, 99% of the time it's a plant, you know, it's a, it's medicine for some people. It's, it's to relax people. You know, it's, it's used for a lot of medical benefits. So that's another issue I have with the NFL that I just wanted to discuss um, as well. You know, just don't need to test for marijuana. It's it's kind of silly at this point. And it's a whole other issue with the judicial system we can go into, but I'm not. Um, but, yeah, that should not be penalized, um, in my opinion. So John Gruden's situation's a mess. The Raiders right now, because of it, are a mess. Um, who were the Raiders going to hire? That's what also what I want to get into. My last topic, um, real quick before this episode ends, I want to get into who will the Raiders hire? It's a good question. Very good question. I think personally they should hire Eric Bieniemy. I think so as well. I, I, I really think so. I think Eric is a coach, is a good coach. The Chiefs are, are having a lot of issues right now being at two and three. But it has nothing to do with their offense. I mean, Patrick Mahomes looks a little off, but it has nothing to do with Eric Bieniemy in that offense. That defense in Kansas City right now is atrocious. Um, you're getting no help from your linebacking core, and Chris Jones has not been healthy, which is a big issue for that defense because they rely so much on Chris Jones, even though they're playing him out of position, which I don't get why. I mean, he's a good DN, but the dude is an all-pro, a D-tackle. Play him at his position, please. Thank you very much. And Steve Spagnola, um, I think, should be in question to be fired as the Chiefs defensive coordinator because a lot of people online are roasting and getting on that uh, Daniel Swanson kid 
for getting burned deep a lot at the safety position. But, and Tyron Matthew showing him throwing his hands up every time he sees it happen, him being in the uh, in the box safety position. But my question is to Steve Spagnola and to Honey Badger, why the fuck is Daniel Swanson in that position in the first place? Why? Like, seriously, why? Like, Daniel Swanson is... Is a is is an average safety at best. He's an average safety who can cover tight ends and running backs. The dude is not meant to be covering receivers who can run four three, four four, four two. So, um, yeah, just real quick, I had to get that off my chest as well because I think Daniel Swanson's getting too much heat on him when he's a safety that shouldn't even be in that position in the first place. Anyway, Eric Bieniemy, I think, should be the top choice, no question. Um, for the Raiders head coach uh, next year and going forward. Um, as long as he doesn't take or consider the USC job, go Trojans, by the way. Um, so uh, there's a lot of r- rumors and reports that he's looking into taking that position as well. So if I was the Raiders, I would, you know I mean, push all my chips in on getting Eric Bieniemy as your new head coach. Um, and, and, and I would keep Gus Bradley. I think Gus Bradley for the Raiders has done a really good job with that defense. They brought in real pass rushers for Gus Bradley that cuz that really makes that cover 3 Seattle system work is when you have pass rushers up front. Um Max Crosby's legit like I've mentioned already, but Yannick Ngagwe, man, that that dude is a has been a solid addition for them. He's been getting to the quarterback doing his thing. So I, I like what the Raiders got so far on defense. They just got to keep improving that secondary because Arnett, sorry Raider fans, but along with Arnett and Farrell, our bust, those guys are trash. Um, Abraham is probably going to be a bust. The dude is is super inconsistent. Um, and, and, you know, he's, he's, he's not good in coverage. The dude, you know, he's a hitter. But every time you see him make a big hit, you're afraid he's hurt. So he's kind of frail injury-wise, and, you know, the corners are just not that good. Um, So, yeah, but like I said, keep Gus Bradley. You can definitely see improvements in your defense. As a a football fan on the outside looking in, I like Gus Bradley a lot. I think he is underappreciated as a coach in this league. Um, But, yeah, Eric Biennemi for sure. Who else could you consider the Raiders hiring? There's that guy in Buffalo, Brian Dayball. A lot of people talk about him as a hot head coaching candidate. I don't think he's that good, honestly, if he was to be a head coach. I think he's fine being the offensive coordinator for Buffalo. I think Josh Allen, you know, likes him and and, and wants him, and I think he should stay in Buffalo, to be honest. I don't look at Dayball as a head coach. Um, to that's just That's just honestly my opinion. An interesting name I think should be thrown out there as well is Raheem uh, Raheem Morris, defense coordinator of the Rams. I think he is a good head coaching candidate as well. He was the interim head coach for Tampa Bay uh, a while back, and then he was a head coach for them for uh, I want no interim head coach for Atlanta this last year. My apologies and for Tampa a long time ago and ended up being Tampa's head coach for two seasons before he got cut. But I think he was just super young at the time. 
I think he's learned a lot, and I think he's a lot older and more mature, and I think he's ready to be a head coach in this league. That's honestly my opinion. Um, you know, you can call me wrong, though, if you want, but I, I like Raheem Morris a lot. I think he should be a, a candidate to be considered. And another name you might find shocking because I didn't even know this guy was coaching in the league, and he was one of my favorite head coaches in the league before the NFL kind of, I guess, like kicked him out, which I don't know why because he was always winning where he was at, and he's a good head coach. Um, but Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith is in Houston right now as the defensive coordinator for the Texans. I, for the life of me, did not catch this, or maybe I might have caught it and just forgot because it's Houston, <laughs> like in the mess that Houston is right now. But Lovey Smith is the damn defensive coordinator who should be the head coach of the Texans, if you ask me, but he's the defensive coordinator for them. And if the Raiders don't at least interview this man, they will be lunatics not to. And, and this is the reason why I'm a huge fan of Lovey Smith. Sure, maybe that Tampa 2 system is probably outdated in today's NFL. But before he went off and coached Illinois for a handful of seasons before he got let go over there, which I think has to do more with the money restrictions that that program has and talent restrictions more than him as a coach. Um, but here in the NFL where the level playing field is leveled, this dude took the Bears, who had always had mediocre offenses, to the playoffs every other season. There was He literally took, um, what was that damn quarterback's name? Um, he took a trash quarterback to the Super Bowl with Brian Erlacher and Lance Briggs and Peanut Tillman and, and all those guys leading that defense and carrying the Bears to the Super Bowl in 06 when they lost... Uh, narrowly to the Peyton Manning and the Colts. Like, Rex Grossman, that was the quarterback. Rex freaking Grossman led the Bears, led by Lovey Smith, I should say, in that defense to the Super Bowl. So if that man can coach Rex Grossman to a Super Bowl, why isn't this man a head coach? Why? And he got fired because they disappointed the last couple years in Chicago. Fair enough. You know what happens. But then he goes to Tampa Bay, and this man took a team that was worse and put them in the playoff conversation his first year as the head coach. Second year, they kind of did about the same record, if not one a game or two extra, if I'm not mistaken, and then they fired him. For who? For Dirk Cutter. And the only reason why Lovey Smith was, was basically fired, even though that team was vastly improved, considering who was the head coach before, which I think the guy that uh, was from Rutgers, he, he was like a hot coaching candidate out of Rutgers. I forgot his name, but he was the head coach there. He got fired because he had, uh, he had a, a temper and mental issues. And then Lovey Smith comes in, brings in a leadership experience and, and, and brings a grown-up in the locker room, and then they are com immediately uh, competitive um, from the standpoint of a top-10 defense, uh, pretty explosive offense with Jameis Winston, and gets fired after having a winning season. Dude went 10-6, and six, got fired. Why? Because Kirk Cutter, D Dirk Cutter, didn't, they, the, the Buccaneers and that ownership 
which I bet they regret now, didn't want to lose Dirk Cutter, who Jameis Winston, and under those first couple seasons of his career, was having big numbers. And they were kind of following the trend that the NFL was doing at the time, and still does, but you know, at the time it was really big, was fire the head coach and name the offensive coordinator that your young quarterback is thriving with and make them the head coach because that works. Because he's he's good enough to be a head coach just because the young quarterback has been doing well enough. And that's what the Buccaneers did. They fired Lovey Smith with a 10 and 6 record. 10 and 6. They didn't make the playoffs because, you know, because of uh seeding and whatnot back when it was only six teams in the playoffs. But dude had a 10 and 6 record and got fired just because the Buccaneers were so afraid to lose Dirk Cutter, who's trash, to another team to be their head coach and then makes him the head coach. And guess what? He gets fired after two or three seasons because after he got named the head coach, Jameis Winston never improved. The team got worse. And, yeah, that's how they got Bruce Arians and whatnot. But, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of all I had to say. You know, it's kind of a little bit of a rant. Uh, and just overall, my personal opinions and thoughts, you know, you don't have to agree with me um, about the John Gruden or NFL situation. You know, you you can say I'm stupid, whatever the case may be. But, you know, I feel like there should be a lot more accountability. And just like I said, my personal thoughts. Um, I appreciate you guys for listening. Um, hope you have a good night. And let us continue to enjoy our 17 games of football. Uh, I'm sorry, 17, 18, 18 weeks of football. Uh, with week six coming up this week, and bless.